This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to a special 11-part series where, over the next 11 episodes, I'm going to go into the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and add the new requirement for root cause analysis. All of these episodes will be based upon my new book, The Complete Compliance Handbook, which is released May 21 on Amazon.com. The Complete Compliance Handbook incorporates the most recent pronouncements from the Department of Justice, including the 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy to provide you the most up-to-date advice on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. In this single volume, I bring together the top ideas, topics, and techniques that you can incorporate into your compliance program literally in 31 days to more fully operationalize your compliance regime. If you want one volume to guide you in operationalizing compliance, this book is it. The book is designed to provide you with a step-by-step guide to the design, creation, and implementation of a compliance program. It begins with 31 days to a more effective compliance program. Each entry for this first chapter provides you one thing you can accomplish at little or no cost to improve any level of a compliance program. There are three key takeaways for each entry. This final chapter of the book goes through the same process for you to operationalize your compliance program. In between these bookends, the Complete Compliance Handbook features chapters on operationalizing compliance through HR, the role of the Board of Directors in compliance, 360 degrees of communication in compliance, better third-party risk management, reporting and investigations, internal controls, innovation in compliance, written standards, and more effective compliance for business ventures. Also, continuous improvement. If you want one book, which is the single standard on best practices compliance program, this is the book for you. Once again, it's available on Amazon.com. Also, if you'd like an autographed copy, you can purchase one from my site, www.fcpacompliancereport.com, and I will mail it to you. This is Tom Fox. I hope you enjoy today's Hallmark. Thank you for listening. Hallmark 6. Financial Incentives, and Discipline. One of the areas that many companies have not paid as much attention to in their compliance programs is compensation. However, both the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission have long made clear that they view monetary structure for compensation, rewarding those employees who do business in compliance with their employers' compliance programs as one of the ways to reinforce the compliance program. As far back as 2004, then-SEC Director of Enforcement Stephen Cutler said, make integrity, ethics, and compliance part of your promotion, compensation, and evaluation processes as well. For at the end of the day, the most effective way to communicate that doing the right thing is a priority is to reward it. This thought was brought forward in the 2012 FCPA guidance. It was also included in the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs released in February 2017, which under the category Incentive System asked the following questions. How has the company incentivized compliance and ethical behavior? How has the company considered negative compliance implications of its rewards and rewards? Have there been specific examples of actions taken promotions, or awards denied as a result of compliance and ethics consideration. So how do you do, how do you set up such a system? Well, obviously, 
You can put it into your discretionary bonus at the end of the year. Uh, you can also make it into compensation. In a Harvard Business Review article entitled The Right Way to Compensation, it discussed a company's design and redesign of its comp system to help drive certain behaviors. There were four, three key questions to ask in setting up your compliance structure around, excuse me, compensation structure around compliance. Number one, simplicity. Keep your compensation simple and even employ the KISS method, keep it simple, sir, when designing your program. Simplest way to incentivize employees is to create metrics that they readily understand and are achievable in the context of the compliance program. Number two, alignment. As a CCO or compliance practitioner, you need to posit the most important compliance goal your entity and your employees need to achieve. From there, you should determine how your compensation program should be aligned with that goal. And finally, immediacy. Under immediacy, it is important that such structures be put in place immediately in a way that incentivizes employees. As part of that immediacy, there must be sufficient communications with your employees. In the world of employee compensation incentives, there should be transparency as to these expectations as well. So intertwined directly with incentives, of course, is discipline. And you must discipline employees under your compliance program to have any sort of effectiveness. Frankly, if you've gone 10 years without disciplining anyone in a multinational uh, company for fail, uh, uh, violations of the Code of Conduct or your compliance program, it probably means you're not looking. Certainly, uh, discipline can be a tiered approach with a multi-step disciplinary process, including an up to discharge, but there can be lesser forms of discipline as well. And this is where the fair process doctrine comes into play. Under incentive systems, consistent application, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs state, ask the following questions. Have disciplinary actions and incentives been fairly and consistently applied across the organization? In the 2017 FCPA corporate enforcement policy, it stated, appropriate discipline of employees including those identified by the company as responsible for the misconduct, either through direct participation or failure in oversight, as well as those supervisory authorities, authority over the area in which the conduct occurred. So clearly, discipline is a part of a best practices compliance program, but it's really more than simply discipline. It's fair, consistent application of discipline. So in the administration of discipline, the fair process doctrine is paramount because it is through the administration of discipline that people will not only learn but garner going forward. Quite frankly, if you terminate people in South America and Brazil for cheating on their expense accounts, you must do so in the United States. The fair process doctrine also works in incentives as well under employee promotions. So you must put compliance firmly as a part of ongoing employee evaluations and promotions. If your company is seen to advance and only reward employees who achieve their numbers by whatever means necessary, other employees will certainly take note and it will be understood that man what manu management evaluates and rewards employees upon. 
I've often heard the anecdotal tale about some Far East regional manager, which goes along the, lo- along the lines of the following. If I violate the code of conduct, I may or may not be caught. If I get caught, I may or may not be disciplined. If, my, if I miss my numbers for two months, I will be fired. If that employee believes that he's being evaluated simply upon his numbers, you've lost the compliance battle. And finally, the third area for the fair process doctrine as it relates to incentives and discipline, interestingly enough, is in internal investigations. If your employees do not believe the investigation is fair and impartial, then frankly, it is not fair and impartial because Andre Agassi is right. Perception is reality. Those involved must have confidence that any internal investigation is treated seriously and objectively. One of the key reasons employees will go outside of a company's internal hotline reporting process is because they do not believe the investigation process itself will be fair. This fairness has several components. One would be the use of outside counsel rather than in-house counsel to handle the investigation. If a company uses a regular counsel, it may need to bring in other outside counsel who have no vested interest in continued business with the company. Lastly, the investigative process may require a level of specialization which in-house or regular outside counsel does not possess. An often overlooked role of the CCO or compliance practitioner is to help provide employees with procedural fairness. If your compliance function is seen to be fair in the way that it treats employees in the areas as varied as financial incentives to promotions to uniform discipline meted out across the globe, employees are more likely to inform the compliance department when something goes awry. If your employees believe they will be treated fairly, it will go a long way towards more fully operationalizing your compliance program. So you can see both the need for both incentives and discipline in a corporate compliance program, but always remember the fair process doctrine and how you administer both incentives and discipline is paramount. I hope you've enjoyed this exploration of Hallmark 6 of the 10 Hallmarks of an Effective Compliance Program, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode, Episode 7 on Third Parties. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this Hallmark of an Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will check out my book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. It's available on Amazon.com and on my website, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.